WKCRFM New York, this is another set of Deep Focus. My name is Mitch Goldman. You're listening to WKCRFM New York, maybe WKCRHD1 or WKCR.org, or maybe something else. Wherever you find us, you found us, and you're right where you want to be because Deep Focus is going to feature the wisdom and insights of the magnificent Liberty Elman. And it's going to include live, unreleased recordings. This is thrilling. Here's some music you've never heard from the great John McLaughlin on WKCR.
music of love rise from our tiny world and join the stars of endless of life.
I don't know where you think you are. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you where you really are right now, okay? Because right now, you are in Stony Brook. You're at SUNY Stony Brook. And the year is 1978, June of 1978. It must have been right uh, the the... School must have just been letting out. And they're having this concert. Into the year party. Yeah. It's John McLaughlin and the One Truth Band. I think his album, uh, John McLaughlin Guitar, Electric Guitar, Electric had just come out. And um, they're doing this fantastic tour. El Shankar up front on violin, Stu Goldberg keyboards, TM Stevens on the bass, Sunship Theus is the drummer and percussionist. And. Um, you're listening to WKCR-FM. We call this show Deep Focus. That's some music you've never heard from John McLaughlin, and that is what we do on the show Deep Focus. We, uh, our guest uh, chooses an artist, and the challenge is for us to explore the WKCR, the vast, nearly endless WKCR archives to find live, unreleased recordings of that artist. Tonight, that artist that we are... Focusing on oh so deeply is John McLaughlin and our guest here in the studio. Welcome back, Liberty Elman. Thank you, Mitch. Good to be back. It's good for to, round two. It is the John McLaughlin Odyssey. If you're a dedicated listener, you might remember. You might be going. Wait a minute. It's a rerun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. Right. But no, no. This is part two because we just had too much of a good time last time. There's so many good bootlegs of him. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that is something that we didn't talk about in detail. I didn't ask you about it. I'm going to ask you about it now. The uh, cult of McLaughlin mm-hmm. is a very real thing. Hmm. And there is people are, he stirs a passion. There are many artists who have their fans, but there's kind of a special reverence and dedication yeah, well, you know, he brought so many worlds of music together, and uh, guitar freaks are already very excitable <laughs> just by nature, you know. But uh, somebody who's got such incredible prowess and, uh, and vision and uh, fearlessness and unapologetically burning, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. So it's easy to carry the torch. Yeah. For someone like that, you know. <laughs> Says an acolyte. Right. Well, <laughs> you know. It's, you, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the streams I drink from, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Were you one of those guys? You know, you know those guys. Maybe um, my question is, are you one of those guys that, like, before the set, you know, sniffing the pedals? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when I was a teenager, you yeah. know, because I couldn't afford any pedals like that. You know, so <laughs> when you would see, you would see somebody like that play, and, you know, and at that time, it wasn't pedals. They had racks and racks of gear, you know, yeah. uh, racks and stacks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yes. you would basically look up there, it'd be like looking at somebody driving, a, you know, six Bentleys, and you're, you're like, <laughs> how am I ever going to be able to get this together, you know? And, of course, now it, comes, it, it's, it has nothing to do with any of that. You know, it was just kind of a fashion. But the pedal boards are still, uh, well, you know, everybody wants to know how the tone is achieved, you know, when someone has a great sound. And so the first thing you do when you're sort of naive is say, well, maybe if I get a better pedal, It'll make me sound better, you know, which, of course, it doesn't. But uh, and, and you inevitably come back to the bad news that you right. actually have to practice. Well, I mean, there is such a good thing as tone, you know, with electric guitar. And so there are ways, you know, there are certain combinations of gear that will get you 
tone, but uh, but it still won't make you sound good if you don't put in the Italian you know, yeah. on the instrument. So, so you know, McLaughlin, that's where if, if I'm sure if you have anything to look at where you can be inspired, it's with his dedication to his craft and his mastery. You know, that's what that's the influence that you really want to soak in if as a musician. Are there stories about? There must be. I mean, about the you can you can't listen to him if you have any experience trying to master an instrument and not just picture him hermetically tucked away in some <laughs> cave. You yeah, know, I guess I, I don't. Or know, woodshed, I don't, as the case may be. Right. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know him to say that. You know, that I know what his practice regimen, but I would have to assume it. It's pretty serious, you know. I mean, uh, anybody with that kind of technique spent hours and hours and hours on it. You know, there are the rare people who, you know, like Wes Montgomery picked up his guitar pretty late and sounded great within a couple of years, you know. But yeah. it's a different kind of playing. Um, but not too many people get mastery at a level like that without serious work, you know. Yeah. Well, he is he is the man, and we are. So we're, uh, we're in it now, and we've got mm-hmm. some gems, man. We've got some... Yeah, I don't know how you find this stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> incredible. We have uh, the KCR archives. Are uh, it's, it's a it's coming up on seventy five years. Next wow. month will be seventy five years. We are That's the great. original FM, the first FM radio station still going. So That's uh, an incredible. I, uh, I stand know. on the shoulders of giants. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, uh, you know, I'm, no, uh, I'm lucky to be here. You're, yeah. you're lucky to be uh, I, here with us. I am lucky. So they're lucky to be here with us. I don't mean you personally. I meant you guys. You landed in the right spot. You just tuned in the dial. You're, you're here with us. So we've got uh, – I, I am throwing it out to you. Mm. You know what we've got here. We could go back to uh, SUNY Stony Brook. I wouldn't mind hearing another cut uh, before we move on because they, that was they're pretty tight right there. They you know? are. It's, yeah. They are. I slipped this one in on you. Mm-hmm. you yeah, I didn't know this existed. I, I I, got you stuff to listen to, and this was kind of a late discovery, so uh, I dropped it. I didn't want mm-hmm. to presume that it was a, a favorite choice of yours, but now that we're in it, we'll play a little bit more. But... Uh, usually what we do, we do try to go through the whole set and we try to find, we try to find is a real magic night for the band mm-hmm. and see where it goes. So yeah, you're with us now and uh, we're going to get back in the WKCR helicopter and set the time machine for 1978 out on uh, Suffolk County. And not too far away. Not too far away. The One Truth, it was actually billed as the One Truth Band featuring John McLaughlin. And uh, here we go. All right. All right. WKCR. Thank <laughs> you. 
is 1978 when the ending is longer than the song. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but that was definitely a thing. That is the One Truth Band, and uh, aptly named. Uh, and uh, John McLaughlin is the subject of Deep Focus tonight. Liberty Elman is our guest. Hey, hey. Hey, hoo-ha. 
And um, yeah, that was, uh, so once again, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Usually, we're, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, another time we're going to come back and focus on that recording. Mm-hmm. But, because, uh, you know, we do that. I always over-prepare a little bit. Right. And there will be a show down the road when we don't have a guest and we'll pick up the pieces on some of this stuff. So uh, that will be one of those someday because uh, we pulling out of that one, One Truth Band, El Shankar Violin, Stu Goldberg on the keyboards, T.M. Stevens playing the bass, uh, Sunship Theus, drums and percussion, June of 1978 at SUNY, SUNY Stony Brook, now Stony Brook University. And uh, so this is part two of this show, and Liberty, we prepared a bunch of music. You said John McLaughlin. Yep. Between us, we could probably think of nearly a, a dozen bands mm-hmm. that just ones that he's led of different names of ensembles mm-hmm. and um, not to mention other people's bands he's played with but a couple of those sifted to the top and uh, some of that we actually did manage to find yeah well one of them uh, was uh, the trio that he had with Kaya Card and Trilok Gertu that might not be so familiar to, to some listeners well uh, that uh, was a band that I saw. That's why I, I kind of want to hear it. This one was recorded, where was it, in Stuttgart? Stuttgart? Yeah, Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Yeah. Um, but uh, I saw them in San Francisco. I guess it was the same year, the same tour. Um, Did he toured that band for a little over a year, I think. Yeah, because um, yeah. 89, 90 seems like around the time yes. that I've seen that band. There was somebody, there was a couple different players went through that band. I'm trying to remember exactly mm. who now. But that was... Yeah, the core band for sure. Right, because they had their album, the the live album, live at Royal Festival Hall, which was the same band, which I think is beautiful and it's nice because it showcases. Uh, I mean, there's still lots of blazing, but it does showcase a nice uh, kind of articulate and uh, more open kind of sound, which I think you know John really excels in that. But he's really known for a lot of the blast off stuff. But I think this is a really nice. Uh, uh, showpiece for him on, the, on this kind of sound and it's funny because they had him on a double bill with steve howe at this place called the stone which is a rock club uh downtown san francisco and i remember all these steve howe fans in leather coming to the show ready to rock you know right right and right. uh and they had john strio opening uh or just playing first i wouldn't say opening you know and they just sounded great. And you could see these guys who they didn't have any idea who they were watching. And they really didn't want to like it, you know, because it wasn't super loud. They, you know, uh, what's this guy doing on his knee playing the drums? And what's happening? And he's only playing acoustic guitar. And, you know, but at the same time, uh, they, they, they couldn't help but appreciate, oh, it's not too bad. You know, they're kind of <laughs> begrudgingly admitting. I bet Steve Howe was, was really great. into it. Oh, come on. Yeah, well, that's, that's a whole other story, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but it was nice to see these guys get a taste, and you know. Um, and I was never that kind of a rocker, but but it reminded me of when I first started listening to guitar and jazz, uh, kind of via Miles Davis, you know, which uh, I also heard you have some bootlegs of. I don't, I but don't uh, know. I might, <laughs> right, we could, we could talk about that. But uh, but the point is that uh, hearing John in that in the modern in modern jazz anyway, you know, hearing him play uh, in in that context with Miles was an opener for me because it it. It showed me other ways to play jazz, you know, just besides playing straight bebop and blues oriented jazz, um, but in a way that was still really passionate and and articulate and and uh, sincere, you know. So, uh, now, um, 
some listeners are probably familiar with Trilak Gurtu, maybe some not, mm-hmm. and Kai Eckhart might be a little less familiar to some. Well, Kai lives in, I believe he still lives in Berkeley, California, um, and uh, I, I played with him a couple of times out there. Incredible bassist, really incredible, sweetheart guy, um, with all the musicianship you could ever want, you know, great groove and all of that. And I'm not really, I never asked him actually how he and John got together. So that would be something next time I see him. I don't know when I'm going to see him next, but if I do, uh, I'll have to remember to ask him about it. But, uh, but is, is he German? Yeah, I believe so. I think I believe so. I mean, he uh, he's from Germany. Yeah. He might have, you know, I don't know what his well, yeah, deeper but background yeah, is. Fr- yeah. yeah, but but he. Uh, but, you know, he made his home in the Bay Area, and I think that, was, that maybe that's why, people, you know, there's something about if you stay in the Bay Area, it's a little harder to uh, become internationally uh, known. Although, I think, you know, he's pretty well respected by musicians anyway, you know, so. And Trelock, um, funny enough, uh, I think lives in Hamburg. I don't know if he did at that time. Uh, uh-huh. But. Um, yeah, but he's, yeah, but it's another level where he's so worldly, you know, known as a master of his particular um, Specialization, you know, way which is maybe you could characterize that a little bit. I don't folks. know. He's a master percussionist, you know, but he's also uh, a pioneer in terms of uh, doing hybrid percussion setups with, uh, you know, um, the tradition of Indian classical music and jazz fusion, and you know, finding a way to really bring that to the front. So uh, he's certainly a pioneer in that field, you know, and just a stellar musician. So these guys really have an incredible chemistry together, and uh, so I'd like to hear, I, you know. Uh, this probably will bring back some memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are going, it's the Jazz Days Festival in Stuttgart. Okay. And uh, we are at the uh, Theater House, I think, is the venue. And um, what's the date on that? Do you, oh, I mean, you got to give me that CD. I got to. <laughs> oh, you, you have it over there, yeah. don't you? Oh, do I, oh, oh yeah. here it is. Here it <laughs> you is. have both. March 25th, 1989. There it is. Where were you? March 25th, 1989. Where was I? Anybody. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? Where were you? It's probably in Spanish class in my last year of high school. (laughs) All right. right. Here we go. You ready for this? I'm excited, man. Uh, We're in Stuttgart. John McLaughlin is the subject of Deep Focus. Liberty Elman is our guest. And uh, this John McLaughlin Trio, featuring Trilak Gurtu and Kai Eckhart on WKCR. Thank you. 
at the bass guitar, Kaya Kart. Such sincerely enthused fans in Stuttgart, March of... 1989. Sorry, John. Sorry to interrupt. Voice of John McLaughlin on WKCR-FM New York and WKCR-HD1 or WKCR.org. You can tell your friends all around the world that they can find us if they're near a computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are streaming. Um, we call the show Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. My guest tonight, Liberty Elman. And uh, say... Prove it. Show them you're here. I am here <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> Liberty is a fantastic guitarist, band leader, composer, record producer, whose work you should know. If you don't, now you will. You'll know him. You'll know his music <laughs> soon, I hope. Can they find you at libertyelman.com? Most certainly. And where else do people find out what you're up to? Well, that would be the main place. You know, I have all my stuff listed there. Um, last few records have been on Pi Recordings. So if you go to their website, you can find out about a lot of incredible artists. Yeah, uh, they're, that's a great quite label. Quite honored to, to share their presence, um, including Henry Threadgill, whose band I've been in for a long time. Yes. Now, this is, let me just back announce what that was. So you heard John McLaughlin introducing his trio, Trilak Gurtu and Kai Eckhart. We're going to pick up where we left off with that in just a moment but I want to hear it's uh, it's one of those marvelous things in New York mm-hmm. when Henry Threadgill <laughs> comes down from the lofty perch in which he resides uh-huh. and uh, graces us with his music and you with him and that's well, going to be happening very soon. It is indeed we're playing at the Village Vanguard September 27th through October 2nd so it's going to be a great time. Come out and hear. We're going to be doing some of the music from the recent Pulitzer winning album. Yes. And some new stuff. Nice to know that the Pulitzer people are realizing what we've known for some time here. Yeah. It's never too yeah. late to get on board. It, I have to say, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time listening to music, and there's nobody. It's one of, the, one of the highest compliments I can pay to any artist is to say, nobody sounds like Henry Threadgill. When you hear his music, it doesn't sound like anything anybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I think I, I am just overwhelmed by the bravura of his creative imagination. And what emerges from it is so, so beautiful and uh, transporting. It's and I agree, yeah. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> and the opportunity to hear him in a place Oh, it's the absolute perfect room to hear the band because uh not just because of the history of the space, but because it really suits the music. You know, it's uh it's it's listening music, but as with all of Henry's music, somehow uh it is so listenable and grooving, no matter what, you know, even though the forums are challenging and you know, you're holding on, saying, wait, where are we? You know, but it's like, it's uh, incredibly enjoyable music, I believe. And um, and so that room really is, it, the sound is great. And and it, it's just a perfect place to be intimate. And uh, yeah, I love playing there. That is the voice of the man, listeners, 
who Henry Threadgill has tasked with capturing and presenting his music. You mm. are the one who mm. produces his recordings. Yeah, I've done the last several, um, which is a great honor and a lot of fun. He's really fun to work with. And uh, basically, you know, my job is to just make sure we get it to sound great. And uh, I don't have to do, uh, you know, anything else. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, that part is just really fun. And, uh, and the, the, his writing is so special and it, it really speaks. So it's not difficult, you know, as long, you know, you just get it in the right space and capture it and, uh, and let the music do the talking, you know. <laughs> it's really wonderful. But, uh, but, yeah, it's been an honor to work with him for so long. And, you know, I definitely consider him a mentor in several ways. And, uh, yeah, his creativity is boundless and his prolific nature. I mean, I don't know anyone who writes as many consistently good pieces as often <laughs> as he does. I mean, it's just one after another. I mean, we, he has tr a trunk of music. We've played so many pieces that we haven't recorded. Oh. It's incredible. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You've got to do it, man. you got to. <laughs> well, for yeah, the future it, generations. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, uh, it, it just speaks to his uh, his output and his drive. Yes. And, uh and that is an incredible uh, thing to witness and, and be around, you know. <laughs> it's I get very inspiring. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have the sense that he's very good also about letting people do what they do and bring what they bring. Absolutely. I mean, he, I think he, he's one of those composers, composer band leaders who knows how to write for his musicians. And, uh, you know, if you have a strength, he writes for it. And if you have a weakness, he writes even more for it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and um, absolutely. And, and that's his number one goal in a band is, I believe, you know, musicianship and, uh, and commitment, you know. And, and that's just sort of a chemistry thing. And uh, when you find people who are on the same wavelength and want to be there and um, really believe in the concept of what he's doing, and want to make it, you know, uh, want to play it as perfectly as you can and as musically as you can, you know, uh, that's, when, that's when it really takes off and becomes transcendent. And he's very good at making that happen, definitely. So I could say something, uh, some jazz, corny jazz DJ comment uh -huh. now, and I would throw in, Names like Ellington and Mingus and Coleman and I could keep going mm -hmm. and uh, about, but uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, though, that uh, I thought when I first heard Henry Threadgill a long time ago now, I thought he was at the top of his game. Mm -hmm. And I think that his game has gotten better, consistently better and better since then. He is as great a master mm -hmm. composer as there is a, this opportunity to hear him play, especially anywhere, but at a place like the Village Vanguard, it's it's a gift of the world to you, and I'm <laughs> going to invite you to uh, take advantage of that. Make sure you get yourself to the Village Vanguard the week of September 27th through October 2nd. And you'll uh, see us there. <laughs> oh, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to miss it. Yeah. Um, so it uh, shows deep focus. That's uh, Liberty Elman. Hey, hey. Liberty Elman, E-L-L-M-A-N.com, among other places. And yes. you've got your own stuff coming around too, right? 
yeah, my band is playing. We are playing at the Brick Jazz Fest in October, October 15th, which is in Brooklyn. It's sort of an offshoot. Well, I don't know if it's an offshoot, but it's put together by uh, the Boom Boom people, Bryce Rosenblum, and, uh, who do Winter Jazz Fest and program uh, Poisson Rouge, among other things, and many other, many other concerts around the city. One of the uh, exciting people doing, people doing exciting work yeah. behind the scenes, that mm-hmm. if you're a fan, you might not know them, but uh, oh, yeah. he's one of the well, people who... We all need people like that. You know? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, but this is the second year of the, the Brick Jazz Fest, and last year uh, I was out of town, but apparently it was a great success, and it really had a great lineup, and this year looks to be uh, even bigger, actually. I think there are more bands playing, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, good, did uh, you say the venue where your show is on that? Well, it's at the Brick Arts House. Uh, I believe it's on Fulton Street down yeah. in Brooklyn. So uh, I don't, I didn't, I should have come prepared, but, I have that. <laughs> but it's easy enough to find. If you look up the the BRIC Jazz Festival, uh, it'll all be there. Yes. Yeah. So we call the show Deep Focus, and your selection to focus on tonight, mm-hmm. fantastic John, John McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yes. Yep. Now, and, uh, Last time, I don't know how many people carried along with us from, uh-huh. uh, I think it was six weeks ago. Well, they're all waiting for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people finally getting to exhale now. Right. Oh, thank goodness. They're back. <laughs> um, we were playing Mahavishnu Orchestra, which... Right. Uh, yeah, that's... For, the Greek theater show was stunning. Yeah, for the moment they that band, yeah. defined the high watermark of... Uh, electric exploding fusion bomb right. and you can take the word fusion you could define that right. any which way you want yeah. i think yeah. uh hydrogen should play into it somehow mm. um and here and we heard a little bit of that with the one truth band that we heard mm-hmm. the first recording tonight mm-hmm. and this is different yeah well it's it's an acoustic format uh for the you know i mean with electric bass um but uh, I think it really, it's a nice way to hear John and the band because there's a lot of room to hear all of uh, all of the music. You know, there's no smearing <laughs> with distortion and all that. I mean, I love that stuff, but it does tend to sort of become this wall of sound. And in this case, it's very articulate and uh, very, you know, every everything, it's so easy to listen to. You don't miss a beat. And, and it comes across that the musicians are the, the, feeling the same way. I mean, they're so in tune. Um, they're all on the same level when it comes to playing at those tempos and, and being super relaxed, which makes the music feel good. Because sometimes when you hear bands playing a lot of speed, it feels a little bit like on the edge of panic, which is also great. <laughs> I mean, that has a whole other kind of greatness to it. But in this case, it, it's it's actually uh, it's just so easy to listen to and enjoy it, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah, I love it. And I remember seeing this band and feeling, uh, well, it was, it was a lot younger then, but uh, but being so <laughs> taken with the, the, the artfulness of it, even, that, you know, because it's one of those things being a guitar player where you, uh, you don't want to be known as someone who's just shredder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They got chops, but you know, yeah. You know, yeah. just, that's all it is, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's sort of like the horse race thing that happens with guitar. And, um, John is someone who shows you that that doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, you know. I mean, I don't, I'm not work, I'm not on my way to that kind of that kind of technique, you know, anytime <laughs> soon. But but uh, but the musicality is so deep that it's very inspiring, you know. Does he? One of those phrases you hear people use 
about people with stellar abilities. Oh, he makes it look so easy. Uh-huh. Do you feel that John McLaughlin makes it look so easy, or, or maybe he does, well, maybe I he doesn't? Well, I think that that's what you see when you see a master musician at work or master anyone at work because they're relaxed, because they're prepared. You know, they've, they've practiced enough that they know what they're doing. Their body is, is prepared, and so they're not in a state of stress. So it looks really easy where, where you see somebody playing an instrument for the first time and they can barely hold the guitar. You know, no matter it, how doesn't, slow it doesn't it is look easy that, because yeah. they're cramping up. You know, their fingers hurt and they don't know where to put them and their body, their, you know, their muscles are not trained. So, uh, so absolutely, it, look, it, it makes it look easy. Um, but it's not the re- kind of easy where you go, oh, that looks so easy, I can do it. You know, it's, <laughs> but, but it does show you what, what uh, you know, th- if you put in well-focused time, you can uh, you can also become relaxed in your way, and do what you want to do, and and that's whenever I see musicians of that caliber, um, I, I get inspired to go and practice. That's what I want to do, because <laughs> you know? I say, oh, it's po- it's possible to do that. I must go and work on this, you know, because um, some there are some people who get discouraged sometimes when they see that they feel like, oh, I'll never get like that. But it's I don't think it's I think anyone who puts in enough time on something they want to do can achieve close to that. You know, I mean, there's, there's certainly higher levels of talent and genius that certain people might have, but, but, uh, but that's degrees, you know. Um, people who put in the effort will get rewarded, you know, and I know of that firsthand because, you, you know, uh, even recently I, I had some free time to practice. I was doing about eight hours a day for a long time <laughs> this summer, and uh, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm actually improving. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff, you know. <laughs> and it's aside from the fact that it's drawing you into it, I would imagine. Yeah, but but you know, it's like anything. If you play sports or you know, uh, do <laughs> Sudoku or whatever it is, like the the better you get at it, the more fun it is. You know, it's like it's like uh, yeah. I remember when I was learning to sight read music and how I didn't enjoy it because it was hard. You know, and I was like, oh, it says I've. This is going to take too long. I just, I just want to improvise, you know. And that's really just, the, you know, that's the attitude of the beginner. Um, but, but, but quickly, uh, when you see progress, all of a sudden, you, you know, you start to get that, that feeling like, oh, you know, let's see how far I can go with this. And so, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, also a kind of thing, we were talking about this a little bit off mic, that uh, it's got kind of a chamber feel to it, a little contained and kind of, classical reference, especially what's happening between John McLaughlin on guitar and Kai Eckhart on the mm. bass. Yeah, well, Kai is playing a lot of the chordal structure, um, and he uh, his harmonic sense is pretty pretty happening. So, um, you know, I imagine a lot of it is written into the charts, but uh, but the way he handles it, 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 it does bring it. But it's also the clarity of it, which maybe would give you... You just listened to part one of A Deep Focus from September 12th, 2016. Liberty Elman in the studio with me on the topic of John McLaughlin. This was the second of two, uh, maybe they weren't consecutive programs, but two uh, nearly consecutive programs in 2016 with Liberty on the topic of McLaughlin. Uh, We did one of them and we had a lot of music left and I got Liberty to come back up, which was a great pleasure for me. You can hear we're having a good time together here. And Liberty unabashed in his uh, appreciation for what McLaughlin does. You can hear it in his work. Not that he sounds 
like a McLaughlin clone. But I don't know if there are really any of those exactly. A lot of people bear the influence, but uh, Liberty is a one-of-a-kind, original, schooled, disciplined, imaginative, expansive, very much in the model of McLaughlin in that sense. Check out his work, Liberty Elman, E-L-L-M-A-N, dot com. See if he's coming to a town near you. He's a New Yorker, but uh, native of California. He told me he's been riding out the COVID uh, lockdown in California. And I sure hope we get him back in New York and playing live music because uh, he is a wonder. And wow, do I love hearing him play with Henry Threadgill. And he's got a huge role in Threadgill's group. You heard us talking about that a little bit. He's uh, he's basically music director, producer of the recordings. And he's just, he's, I'll stop talking. But uh, explore. Every artist who's a guest on the show is as worthy of your pursuit as a listener as the people we talk about. I say that with no exaggeration whatsoever. If you're looking for a way into this music or interesting things going on in the music today, it's a great way. It's a great pathway. And you can find out a lot about these folks without having to invest a lot of money. But if you get the chance to buy a ticket to go see them, don't miss it. They're really some huge talent. Anyway, so this was, you could call this part four of the six parts of Liberty and Me on McLaughlin, this being the second of two radio shows from September 12th, Monday, September 12th, 2016. And uh, so you got two more left or five more left, depending on how you found your way into this. If you want to continue where we left off, go to part two from September 12th, 2016, 09, 12. I'm Mitch Goldman. It's Deep Focus.